On today's Believe in Chicago sports episode, we start looking forward to baseball season now that the Bears have ended all football hopes. We'll break down the Southsiders' newest edition and more on episode 37 now. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, your home for the best Chicago sports talk. I'm Joey Gelman. You can follow me on Twitter at Joey Gelman. The man on the other side of the beautiful Skype is Dan Collins. You can follow him on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. The show, Believe in Chicago Sports, is also on Twitter at Believe in Chicago, part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. And before we get into the White Sox, because they have some fun news and they're the exciting hope, how weird was it to not have to watch the Bears this weekend? No anger, no stress, no bitching, no moaning, just relaxing, watching football. It was nice. More or less. It was actually really interesting going into Sunday, more or less, because that's usually when we'll do our football shows. We'll do the recap shows. We'll go on ahead, watch the Bears game, jump on the mic and do the show. And it was weird. It was like, oh, there's no like Bears game focus I'm definitely keyed in on, or there's nothing we have to jump on right afterwards and discuss Bears. So it was actually a little sad. I guess in in that sense, I was like, oh, wow, it's really over in terms of like content this season. Um, But more to that, though, it was it was a lot less stressful, like you said, watching all the other teams. And now we're going into championship week of football and you have what do we have now? Three plus close to two guys in their 40s, one guy pushing 40 and then uh, hopefully Very young, vibrant Patrick Mahomes playing on championship weekend. But it goes to show you, who'd have thought? You look at the four teams in the championship round, and like I said, hopefully it's Mahomes with everything cleared on the concussion. You hope he's good to play. Rodgers, Brady, and now who am I missing? Rodgers, Brady, and Josh Allen. Oh, young, there you go. (laughs) We we, we watched um, the the battle of the the 40-year-olds or, you know, of the old men yesterday, but... um. I mean, you you look at it and you go, huh, I wonder what a team needs to do to be very competitive. It's almost like they really they need a really good quarterback. And I know goes without saying we've been talking about it for years and years, but you're always reminded. You're reminded every single playoffs when you see the final four teams, especially when you see the final two, there's there's normally that common denominator. Um, so it's weird. I, I think it's it was a bag of a bag of mixed emotions because it's a little upset. I didn't get to watch the Bears and then either bitch and moan or you know talk good things you know on the podcast about it. And then at the same time, it's just less stressful, like you said. Even though you wish it was your team that's in there, and then you get reminded on potentially how far back they are, really, because they're probably still a little ways away from competing with with those top tier teams even though most people will probably tell you no as long as they land the quarterback then yeah but i guess the problem is this offseason with you know as we talked about last time trusting ryan pace to find you that next quarterback look at us so beersy to start even though there's no beers to talk who'd have thought who'd have thunk it. it Well, maybe we'll do a little Bears towards the end, and we'll talk about how far behind they are a little more, and maybe if Deshaun Watson is coming to Chicago, and that Ryan Pace can write his wrong. But that's a topic for 15 minutes from now. We're going back to the team that does have hope, and that is your Chicago White Sox, because they made a big splash. I know we didn't 
Couldn't talk about it last week because we were all focused on the Bears. But Liam Hendricks coming to the south side, monster closer for them, a monster acquisition. And it's just one of those extra moves that I don't know if everyone expected, but it, it shows you, holy crap, like this team is back and all in. And for all the garbage press this team had to deal with and the city had to deal with for the Tony La Russa fiasco, to now have it back focus on the team of going, this squad is ready to compete for World Series, and they are spending the cash to do so, and are in that moment where they are now can get that closer to solidify a bullpen to say, we want a deep run in October, and that's absolutely exciting. You know, we talked about it a while back, and while we haven't even played one one game yet, and while you know, we, we haven't even, the boys haven't even reported uh, to spring training or to camp or anything like that, but... We said with the whole Tony La Russa thing, the only thing that can now, because it was, it was probably like at least a week straight. You know, the the organization was getting bombarded for for that decision, and then it kind of went down a little bit, and then the whole DUI thing came about, and then it just brought it all back to the forefront. And we said, you know, one thing that will cure this and push this under the rug, and you just roll with it, is just just winning in the actual team's performance. Like I said, we haven't even played a game yet, but it's almost like Tony LaRusso is that afterthought now. I mean, you you always think about it with what's this final team's construction looking like and, oh, we got this player now for this manager. Like, you you, you know, eventually you you still connect those dots, but it's, it's, it's definitely like close to a mute talking point at this time. And now, well, other things come to the forefront when you start having seen how he's interviewing in spring training and during the season like will there be things along the road that kind of upset the white Sox fans um with that higher still we'll find out we'll see hopefully hopefully not you know hopefully he just has a powerhouse around him that's being assembled that you know he'll be able to not mess up and i mean he's got he's got credentials as a obviously as a baseball manager to where you would have a little bit of trust in that but either way away from that and more closer to what this means for the White Sox, now have four of the top ten uh, pitchers in the AL Cy Young voting last year that are on your squad, Dallas Keuchel, Lucas Giolito, not in this order, obviously, Lance Lynn, and now Liam Hendricks. Pretty solid. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty awesome. And when the Lance Lynn uh, deal went down, I think that a lot of Sox fans were happy with it, but you said, you know, as everybody does, we, we, we want more. We, we still need more. I mean, we saw it last season with the Yasmani Grandal signing where it was big and, and it was nice, but Sox fans still wanted more. They, they didn't want the White Sox to finish. And the moves that the White Sox are making now, I feel it's definitely telling you, like, yeah, we're here and, and we know we're here. Now it's all about being aggressive enough to get the last pieces of the puzzle that we really need where the white Sox in dire need of a closer, you know, with, with what Alex Colome has been doing the past few seasons and, you know, potentially then you bring into, Oh, well, if we brought him back and then spent money elsewhere, sure. You can get into that conversation, but this Liam Hendricks, he's a, he's a powerhouse. I mean, he wants, he, he wants to pitch a hundred innings or what is 80 inning? you know, he wants to make 80 appearances and pitch to his arm falls off. And he's got the, the chip on his shoulder. He wants to show and prove to everyone you know that he's worth the amount of money uh, he's getting. He wants to show he's worth the contract, which to me is all all good and dandy. He he definitely says all the right things. You know, if you listen to any of his interviews that he's had, it's all about I'm better than you, and I still got the chip on my shoulder. You know, that guy alluded to, and I'm going to go out and kick your ass, which is awesome. 
Um, and I think that where the White Sox are now, you like the last few things that they did, prime, you know, the last few big moves with Lance Lynn and Liam Hendricks, you were pretty confident about where they were with with the bats. Now you're really just bolstering up that pitching staff. And I think that looking down the road and you hope that Michael Kopech could be for you there this year, nice and healthy, ready to go out the gate. You're looking at, I mean, I'm sure you, you look at, I, I'm shocked if, if you look at any of the odds makers and <laughs> definitely not see them as, as the favorite in the AL Central. You're looking at, you know, a team that now playoffs is just, just a small expectation. They, a run, you know, definitely getting past that first round and competing for the, for the pennant is 100%, you know, the expectation this year, if, you know, if you have a, a healthy squad. So if everybody everybody stays healthy, everybody stays afloat for the most part, you know, for and it's still realistic expectation along the way um, to compete for the for the AL pennant, for the pennant, then, yeah, let's go for it, boys. It's, we, we're going to get a, uh, a good old classic New York-Chicago White Sox uh, – <laughs> Fight, fight for the AL. Fight for the AL. Who knows? Um, we'll see. There's still plenty, 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 uh, tons of baseball to be played. But you look at the teams they'd be competing with there at, at the at the top, and you like to know that the the White Sox, on paper at least, are they're they're, they're they might be part of the creme de la creme. Yeah, and they absolutely deserve to be. And that's what this move kind of tells the league: is we are here, and we're and we're ready to compete for a title, and we're here to stay. And yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the Cubs fan in me looks at it and goes, okay, this is. This is that Chapman move. This is that Wade Davis move. This is, I guess, the Kimbrel move. You hope it works out better for the Sox than it did for the Cubs. But it's that solidifying move that tells everyone we are here, and that's that's awesome. And 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 in a in a time in in the city where you know some of the teams aren't that great, and there's a lot of weird rebuilds going on. Uh, the the fact that you know baseball is actually just around the corner like spring training is actually going to start they want the the league calendar to start on time this year in april and i know the world's still crazy but they're still planning on doing it meaning you know we get white Sox baseball in just a few months and to have this excitement and curiosity of what this team can really be and then the fact to you know, going along and along and along as you keep getting better and better, and then you can welcome back fans, and like, it's it's gonna be bedlam when this actually gets rocking in a few months, and it's it's awesome. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan, but I'm excited, because they're gonna be really fun to watch, and it, it, it's gonna be just a breath of fresh air for a city that really needs it right now. Yeah, and then they go out there in the in the international market and splash the cash on the number one rank international prospect in Cespedes, so, I mean... Definitely see that it's weird too. It's that's like such a White Sox thing to to kind of do in, in their current set is definitely the international signings, which they're known for being aggressive there. But I think that's one of the the better parts too is is when you couple the Espedes signing with you know acquiring a Lance Lynn and a, and a Hendricks is yes, like you said. This is kind of our. These are the moves that are going to solidify us here into our you know championship run. That you know, obviously we we want to go on, but then we're still also going to go out and acquire somebody like Cespedes, who could still grow within the process. And it's like they're not even done yet with that piece of the puzzle. It's not like oh, this is what our only focus is, right? Which is why you're very optimistic. We're not only focusing on the finishing products. We're cool with still bringing in a wave of you know potential people who could be on the up and up for this team. So 
you know, if they're if they're still focusing and, and doing well on both sides of that, nothing to be ecstatic about on the south side. I mean, a little bit of Cubs news though. You know, you uh, miss on the arbitration with with Baez, Brian, and, and Contreras, so you get them for maybe the rest of this year. We'll see. We'll see how it all goes down. But I don't know, Joey. You know, I, I think. Um, I guess I could get your your pulse on this a little bit. As a Sox fan, it goes without saying, very happy for baseball to now eventually begin. Like you said, they're, they're going to try to start on time. We'll see if they do start on time. But it's right around the corner. And for many reasons, White Sox fans can be can be excited. But even as a Cubs fan, I guess, what, what's your pulse on it here? Because I think it's only fair to, to touch on it. Um, you know what the Southsiders feel? How do you feel? And not necessarily... As it relates to the overall plan and the potential penny pinching, if you will, of ownership, but just more or less, the Cubs are back. This is kind of what I'm looking for, from what I know. I don't really know what I'm looking for. Like when I like like when I think about this team, it's like, uh, unfortunately, it's like I like yes, they re-signed Baez and Bryant and, and Contreras to these arbitration. That's great, but they let Schwarber walk for pennies, and, yeah. and so. You know, I, I want the team to be honest with me, and then I can get a better assessment. If they tell me what this year is going to look like, then I can have a better idea of what I want as a fan. But they, they're they non-committal of, we're not rebuilding, but we are rebuilding, and this is what you get. And so I don't really know. I mean, the division's not great, so you can look at it and go, all right, maybe they'll be like the Bears this year, and you're back into a playoff spot, yippee. But it, it's, it's not as much excitement for sure i mean it's it, it's it's a really eerie feeling of where they were you know the last four or five years to where they are now where it's just kind of like baseball hell of you you like you built this all up and you won something phenomenal that no one ever thought you'd do over the last century plus but now you peel back the layers of and i know you don't want to go big picture but in a smaller big picture sense you pull back the layers of kind of what happened on the business side of things, the baseball side of things. And it's not that pretty of a picture as you sit here on what you're doing forward. Like exactly what you said with Rick Hahn of you have all your chips in for 2020 and 2021, but you're still making sure to build up that farm system as you keep going. The Cubs didn't do that or, or, or sold it away, and now you sit here with with nothing. And so you look and you see, okay, a Glaber Torres that – is you know going to be a staple for the Yankees or DJ LeMay? You love him. You hate that. You hate that he's not a Cub. You, ha- I could tell. I, and I think it you hurts. Bring his, you bring his name up often. I do. Really and, do. I, and I think it hurts more because of the failure of Addison Russell, who was supposed to fill that void of you get rid of one, but you replace it with the same level All Star talent. I mean, like Casper called him a future MVP. Then he had to be a knucklehead off the field, and then fail on, on the field to. To not be any part of this. So who, who's that? Who did that? Len, Len, Len Casper. Oh, oh, oh White you're Sox. You're an announcer now. You got him announcer. too. Oh, okay, damn it. <laughs> That's which I am. Just, we're over here doing a podcast. I am so incredibly disappointed in myself that I didn't also bring that up as a big move. How awesome is that? So. It's amazing. But but to, to finish the point, it was just you. You look at what they sold off for what they got, and it's like okay, there's labor towards. They're fine. But everyone forgets that. DJ LeMahieu was a Cub, too, and was sold off to get an aging Ian Stewart in a weird Man. salary dump swap in Theo's early years. And it goes, that's a $90 million man right there for the Yankees. Yep. 
And so yep. it's those moves of I, I will never take away what Theo gave to me as a fan and to the city. And I I am unbelievably thankful for that. But, you know, hindsight's always 2020, and you sit, not to be confused with actually 2020, but you sit here and you're in a worse spot than you ever thought you'd be. And so that's where, you know, short answer long is, is <laughs> I don't know where to sit because there's so many more questions and coulda, woulda, shouldas than there is hope for the Cubs, you know, this upcoming season. Well, it's funny because I was going to try to relate it to because that's almost how you worded all that was what you were talking about, like in our second or third podcast about how you felt going into the Bears season where you don't know how you feel. You don't know if you're optimistic. God, I'm just too pessimistic, I think, is what we've learned here. I got to be better. Well, no, because... All the, all the things you were feeling for reasons to maybe not be super ec- ecstatic about the Bears kind of came to fruition um, this season. So, But it's not it, – it's a little different, and it's almost a, in a worse way maybe because with the Bears, if you, if you just rewind prior to week one of the season, it was what do we have here? And obviously they, they weren't coming off the golden age of Bears football like the Cubs are coming off the golden age of Cubs baseball. But – it was, do we have a playoff contender? We most likely don't. Do we just learn that this year? Is, is coming into this season just learning that we are not as good as we expected a few seasons ago? The answer was yes. We're still running it all back. We'll get into that maybe down the road on a future podcast. But with the Cubs, it's a little different. It's more like, instead of with the Bears, when you thought it was, hey, do we actually have this thing? With the Cubs, it's like, hey, are we losing this thing? So it's more of a, are we losing, are we walking away from the golden age of Cubs baseball, or are we not? And I guess it's more or less, are you hanging on to the hope that it's a little bit of the latter? Because it goes without saying, I mean, we're not going to fool ourselves here. The Cubs are definitely making many a moves to, to save some money, at least for, for this upcoming season. So with the way they just handle business, you're not extremely confident, but it's more or less you're really going to find out whether or not you're walking away from the golden era. And if you're going to then rebuild or use whatever verb you want to, uh, you know, whatever verbiage you want to, you know, now move into move into future times. And I think that's what it is. It's that is it that weird uncertainty as I play, you know, psychologist here. Is it just that weird uncertainty of not knowing whether or not this is the tail end or that you are in? The, the last stages of that golden age of Cubs baseball? Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And and I think that's a great question. It, it's it's where do and that's what I started with. It's where do we stand? And and I and I get afraid that, you know, as much as you want to have everything, you know, be clean and smooth and transition, you know, this looks like the Cubs are choosing to exit their window on their own terms versus it naturally occurring. And I know that can get ugly at the end if you have aging stars and you don't win and it's a failure, but it it, it at least ran its natural course. This is I'm choosing as the Cubs to move four years in the future versus salvaging maybe the last big run that this core group could have. And that's difficult to justify if you're a fan because there's not that hope anymore because they're taking it away from you versus the Bears where... We've lost all hope. (laughs) 
versus the Bears were, like, you still didn't know. Like, we didn't have all the answers yet of where this was going. And there was still the idea of, oh, Trubisky could turn it around. Something else could change. The Cubs one is, we've seen it at the pinnacle. So the the next batch of hope they're telling you is for three or four years down the road, not April of 2021. And that's hard to swallow. They can never be on the cusp of a pennant or World Series at the same time, right? Cubs and Sox. We, we thought, thought they were going happen. to be, yeah. We thought, yes. The the projected timeline a few years back for the White Sox, everybody knows the big 2020 year. And then lo and behold, what the heck 2020 gave us and more than just baseball. But they kind of met their projection in terms of being relevant. And you would have – it's it's weird to look back at it because you would have sworn the Cubs would have still been just as relevant. You would have, you would have swore to the clouds that they would have been. I mean – Going into just last season, if you're if you're just reflecting on last season, that's only what four seasons removed from the World Series title. Got 2017, 2018, 2019. That was the fourth season. If I'm doing the the simple math on it, and I don't know. I mean, things. It's just it's it's just a really really weird um, case of events with the Cubs. So I don't know. I mean, that's going to be. I think the storyline throughout for them is. Are are we at the tail end here? Are are we running out of gas? And are we going to are we going to make a desperate move and try to fill up the tank with as much money as it costs, or are we just going to let it run to fumes, not pay a dollar at the gas pump, and redo it all over again? So that's that's what we'll, we'll be looking into. But hey, we're going to end it with optimism because in terms of the baseball talk, the White Sox they're in it, baby. They go out. They signed the good old Australian closer, which, by the way, I found this little tidbit out, and I'm going to have to fact check it myself because I'm, I'm trying to remember where I heard it from. But Liam Hendricks and Luke Longley from the same town in Australia. Who'd have thunk it? Wow, that's Who'd a nice tie. It? Maybe Luke Longley helped. Yeah, the, it's Reinsdorf. Maybe, you never know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a Reinsdorfian connection there. I, I highly doubt it, but I just thought that was an interesting. Um, Interesting little tidbit there that they're from the same part of uh, Australia because Australia not necessarily that small. But um, we talked about it here. Uh, we, we Joey brought it up a, a little while ago in the show on how perhaps that this is how we'll finish our talks. And I, I think it is good. I think it is good once again to reflect on a little more on what we saw this weekend um, with the slate of football action. Which, by the way, fun football games this weekend. But up until maybe the the night game between between Saints and Bucks, the 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 grand finale, if you will, kind of eh games, right? Like Bills Ravens, which I thought potentially could have been a slugfest, was all but that. <laughs> um, so I mean, defense still can win you some games in football, right? Yeah, right. Don't tell um, the Bears. <laughs> Don't tell yeah, the Bears no, that. They'll, they'll, they'll rely on that all the way till the cows come home. But I think that whether you know what kind of game it was you know whether it was the bills ravens style or whether it was you know bucks saints can did you see the bears competing with any of these teams like potentially can, can you have like seen it go to where yeah you know we're we could have competed and perhaps you know won one of these games and or, or not, not only that but how far away are are the bears from even just not only the final four but maybe like a ravens or a browns you know the teams that just missed out on getting to the next level, and I think that's something that you know we're we're going to be thinking about here down the road. Is how how much of the Bears did you see 
in these teams this weekend? Maybe not much. Yeah, Nothing not with the much. Nothing with the quarterback play. Right. Yeah. Not not, not much. I, I think unfortunately they're very far away. And I don't mean to be that guy, but it's just it's very very far. It's very clear. I don't think in the their minds down the road. Like in their minds, they're not after that press conference we watched last week. Like they are close. Like no, Joey. No, there there needs to be improvement. They they said it over but and they over. Collaborate. Yes, they collaborate, and they know there needs to be improvement, but they'll get there. Just trust, okay? Okay, just deal. Trust. I mean, I'll trust. I'll pinky swear. I'll trust you. But, like, that's just what's so frustrating about it is I, you watch these teams, and it, it's I don't mean to make it so simple, but it comes down to that quarterback. It's so simple. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is doing some some things we've never seen before, and the fact that he's playing at that level still is is amazing. And, you know, Brady's Brady. And, you know, you have Mahomes, who's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer tomorrow, or yesterday, frankly. And Josh Allen, who I don't know anyone thought would be this good, is one of the top-tier quarterbacks in the league. And Buffalo's built a, a system to cater to his needs and his skill set. And it just comes down to that age-old question of who are the Bears going to get at quarterback to fix that and to make them closer to a championship team. And I, I still don't know that answer. And... You just see every year what a productive NFL team looks like. And just you sit and watch the Bears, and it's just not the same league. And it's so frustrating. I mean, it just was funny. We we got an email because the Bears sent a thank you to the season ticket holders. Even though you weren't with us at the stadium, like we felt your presence throughout the year. And my dad sent it to me, and he goes, look at the picture they sent. I'm like, okay. Then they have like a little graphic like, thank you. There's no quarterback in it because they don't have really? one. Like, How I many think, players are in it? Uh, maybe five. It's like David Montgomery, Akeem Hicks, mm. you know, Roquan okay, Smith sense. in the yeah. center. But like, I feel like that's like a Ryan Nall in the corner and like like a Jalen. Like it was very random. But there's but there's no quarterback because they don't have one. Yeah, it's what are you like, going to do? Put put Nick Foles in there? Right. The way they the way they talked about Mitch Trubisky at the press conference, I don't know if there's any way he's coming back. I mean, I put Tyler Bray <laughs> in there. He's the most seasoned one you got. So it's like, wow. I, I, and so it, it's very simple when that's still not the face of your team. And so that I mean, I know the Bears have much bigger problems in addition to that, but it, it just comes down to that simple fact. If you see these four teams in the Final Four here, it all comes down to top tier quarterback play. And until the Bears figure that out, they're not going to be close. They're just not. No. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's a sad reality. It's funny because I thought about it a little yesterday, too. And I said, they definitely have the defense to hang. Like, their defense is good enough, you know, to to compete here in the playoffs. Like, it goes without saying. But, like, how far away, then, are they on offense? They're fine in the running back position. They're totally fine. They have weapons in terms of receivers. They really do. And I know you, you didn't have Darnell Mooney on the last game against the Saints. It would have been nice to see him get some play, postseason action there. But it goes to show you how they are strides away from two spots, at least in my opinion, quarterback and play calling, the schematics of it. Because I feel that they could have been a little better, at least play calling, scheme-wise. Like they really – like. They could have helped Mitch or whoever it was this season under center, you know, at the times when Nick Foles was. Like, they could have helped him a little more, I think. And granted, there was some other things going on. It took the offensive line forever to figure out 
um, to gel and to get the right pieces in the right places. So I get that. But considering the decent amount of improvement you got from the offensive line, because they were just about terrible the first half of the season, but the offensive line showed some improvement depending on whether you get Robinson back or not. I mean, you still have weapons out there. Cole Komet looked promising. David Montgomery wants another promising piece there on offense at the running back position. So if you could get some play calling right and get some good schemes going against these good defenses out there in the NFL, then all you need (laughs) is the right man making the decisions out there on the field for you at quarterback. So yeah, it's just, it's just another slap in the face, you know, when, when you're watching these games, but you know, while it's not necessarily Chicago related, even though we could, we could pertain it to division related. What's your, uh, I guess, early prediction, Joey going into, and I guess this is what we're going to assume here that I guess Patrick Mahomes will, will be available. We'll just go on ahead and assume that just for the sake of conversation here is who, I guess, who do you got in the big game? I think it's got to be Chiefs Packers. I, I just think it's that simple. And and I don't know if it, if, if if it's Packers Bills. I think the Packers are easily Super Bowl favorites. If it's Packers Chiefs, I think we're in for a really really good game between two of the best quarterbacks in football. And I I hate saying that as a Bears fan, but you can't argue with Aaron Rodgers and what he's done. Like I know he wears the wrong colors and is hideous in green and gold, but he's an MVP. You know what's funny? And you might disagree with me on this, but for years as a Bears fan, I just kept saying when you saw Tom Brady do it over and over again, you saw Breeze do what he's doing over and over again, and Aaron Rodgers just take the Bears down over and over again. And then you see postseason successes by these guys. All I ever kept thinking was, man, it's great, but could they just go away already? Could they just retire and, you know, and enjoy, you know, enjoy the fruits of their labor and just, and just you know, just move on. But I don't mind it anymore. I wish Aaron Rodgers included. I, I wish they could play another ten seasons, which they won't. I mean, Tom Brady probably has one, one more tops. I know. I know Tom Brady said he wants to come back next year, so I'm sure he will. Um, that's almost like a guarantee at this point. But you know, he doesn't have too many years. Next year's probably his last. You would think, but who knows with Tom Brady? But it used to be, man. These guys are just dominating the NFL. Could the Bears are never going to have no chance as long as these guys are along are, are around? But Hey, stick around as long as you want, even though one of them, Drew Brees, looked like, especially with the way that game ended last night and how he was just looking all like it was the end for him there and kind of just taking it all in. But I don't know. That's You cherish those ones, and you know that's what – those are generational quarterbacks there, and that's what yeah. – that's what this squad needs, and they just they just don't have it. But yeah, I think that if you're just a fan of the game, and you know you want to see a, a very good Super Bowl, I think that's obviously what you would be rooting for, right? Even as a Bears fan, is a, is a Mahomes Rogers showdown. So maybe we get there, maybe we don't. And um, for the listeners out there, we still do have one more Beersy show going up. We're trying to collab with the Believe in Bears boys and just kind of recap whatever the heck that this year was uh for the chicago bears so that should be a fun one because you can never talk too much beers right joey especially but when they're you sending cannot. you all, all the all the love messages it's so fun what so wait it was just um because you because you weren't here we we felt thank you because we felt your presence or something maybe that's actually ted phillips Basically. typing that up himself <laughs> because he's feeling the presence from reading all the hate mail yeah this is how he's replying to the hate mail he said in the press conference oh i know everybody's pissed so i gotta i'm, I'm replying to all the hate mail really what he was doing it was just typing up the quick one here, or two i'm finding it for even from afar the- your support was as strong as ever thank you it's akeem hicks Bilal nichols david montgomery roquan smith I'm going to say that's eh, 
Eddie Jackson or Jalen Johnson. It's hard to see. Mm. I thought it was Pat O'Donnell in the corner, but it looks like a 35 versus a 16. So that means Ryan Nall made your poster. And I, uh, Darnell Mooney, it looks like. That's wow. crazy. I was going to say they picked the least, they, well, they least wanted Mooney. all the top names. They I don't said know they, they, Nall, they love their Mooney storyline this year in that press conference. So I guess that's why he made the cut. Yeah, he's blossomed. I don't know if you know yes, this, but, but, according, but according to them, he's blossomed. Don't even start with me. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. We'll talk about it next time, hopefully, on uh, our next episode on the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast. Uh, for this one, we'll, we'll wrap it on up. Uh, hope you enjoyed the talk. Uh, as always, you can listen to us, Spotify, Apple Stitcher, whatever it is, wherever it is you get your podcast. He's Joey Gelman, who you can find on Twitter, at Joey Gelman. I'm Dan Collins. You can find at on Twitter, at TweetDanCollins. This lovely show you could find on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. As always, we're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.